Tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online, what caused a woman, a young girl actually, to have an overwhelming feeling of fear while she simply sat in her kitchen? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, 855-853-4802, the phone number. If you like our program, please consider becoming a supporter. Sign up to get all of our bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week exclusively for our supporters. We call them Extra Podcast People, or EPPs for short. You sign up for that at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories to get access to all of that stuff. We greatly, greatly appreciate your support. We could not do this without you. It's Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. One question. Yeah. When is this episode coming out? Like, is it coming out? August 12th. Okay, so we'll still be in Disney. Mm, I don't know. I think we'll probably be home by then. Yeah, but uh, can we just pretend that we just got home from Disney? (laughs) Okay, wasn't that amazing? Awesome. I got possessed inside the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> My head spinned around in circles or spun around in circles. And, and you did wide eyes. It was amazing. And I spit pea soup out. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to our trip. It's going to be our first trip, uh, really like leaving, doing anything uh, uh, since post or pre-pandemic. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm mostly looking forward to Epcot and just literally roaming um, the food. I can't wait to go to the Rome section of all the food stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what do you want to eat? Honestly, I hope that we find, like, like if we get over to, like, the little tiny area where it's Paris, mm-hmm. I hope we can find, like, a little French restaurant mm-hmm. um, that, serves ratat- that serves ratatouille. I know exactly where it is. I don't think Ratatouille the ride is open yet, but there's a little French restaurant right there, right in the corner. And uh, I believe they do. So we could probably try that out. Try Ratatouille and some other French dishes. Yeah. Be sure to uh, follow us on uh, on Facebook or Instagram and all that. And, uh, t- and TikTok. And TikTok. And you'll see plenty of pictures uh, probably right now, by the time you're hearing this, uh, from uh, our uh, our posting of uh, when we're taking our little father-daughter trip. By the time you guys hear this, there's going to be several TikToks of me and dad at Disney. You can find Harper uh, at uh, HLV961 on TikTok, and you can follow me at Tony Bruski, uh, T-O-N-Y-B-R-U-E-S-K-I, uh, on uh, you can look me up on Facebook, on Instagram, or uh, TikTok. I'm on all three, so... There you go. Uh, I am interested to kind of go around to some of the rides that, you know, have some, you know, ghostly stuff. Pirates of the Caribbean. Got to thank, I forget what his name is, uh, every day. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Uh, I can't I can't think of his name. I'll look it up. Google uh, it. It's like George or something. And uh, they got to thank him. Otherwise, the ride keeps having issues. And that is a ride that gets has a lot of issues. You have to say good morning thing, good evening yeah. thing, or good afternoon yep. thing yep. to give it. <laughs> yeah, you do. It, it's one of those things. Um, hey, and remember that time that you actually had to do that? I did say that once, didn't I? Yeah, and because like the ride was being held up. It was. And like for like a long time, it was like an hour or so. Yeah. And then you finally said it. Like, good morning, thing. 
Yeah, I was like, thank you, George. Can you please move the ride? It was, I forget if it was George or what it was. Good morning, George. And then it started back up. Yeah. Like, that just like happen. that, so. I don't know. I think there's something to it. I've heard it from a lot of people that work there. Uh, Disney stays mum on the topic. They don't want to know, be known for anything of the sort other than what their attractions are. And I don't blame them. I get it, you know. So, uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. First one says, my story is from when I was about 15 to 16 years old. I'm now 39 years old and look back on the several experiences I've had. And by far, this was the most terrifying. Maybe Buzz, uh, I was a year, maybe I was a year younger, impressionable. I just uh, don't know. But I do often think of it and it still scares me. My mom had just gone through a divorce and she moved us from the busy city of Orange to in Southern California to the Central Valley. We moved to an exceedingly small town of about 1,000 people. The town was incredibly old with only an elementary school and one store. Mom rented a home in what seemed like a small compound. The property had five homes on it. The homes were old and falling apart, no heat, no AC, but that was all she could afford. We moved into a two-bedroom, one-bath home. At this point, it was just myself, my mom, and my older brother. We made the best of it. I took one bedroom, my mom, the other, and my brother stayed in the living room. My room was the directly on the other side of the kitchen. It started off small. I would hear doors opening and closing. I'd ignore it. Didn't think much of it. Suddenly, I started to feel fear. Just out of nowhere, for no reason, I would be sitting and watching TV, and the sense of fear would overtake me. I'd shake it off and pray. One night I had a horrible nightmare. In my dream, I was visiting my aunt that had passed several years earlier. I could see her calling me over to her, telling me to go over to her since she needed to tell me something. I kept refusing to say, but she had already passed. This can't be real. I know my aunt was no longer alive and this had to be a dream. I kept trying to wake myself up. In my dream, I was completely overcome with fear. She kept saying to me, you need to leave, leave now. I had no clue what she was talking about. I woke up and I was not able to sleep too well the following nights. About four days later, I was completely overcome with fatigue and finally fell into a deep, deep sleep. About 11 p.m. that night, I woke up to the loud sound of our back door being slammed hard. Our back door was in our kitchen, which was directly on the other side of the wall to my bedroom. The door was slammed so hard it shook my wall. I lifted my head thinking, huh, was that the back door? Listened for a few seconds but heard nothing else. I left it alone and tried to fall back asleep. A few minutes later, I heard as if someone had slid open a drawer and heard the spoons and forks rattle. I sat straight up in bed, frozen. I kept listening. Nothing. I sat there paralyzed, just listening, but there was nothing but silence. I started to feel completely scared, but at that time, I thought I was a cool teenager. I left it alone and laid back down. I started to fall back to sleep when suddenly I woke up to a loud sound of dishes breaking. I literally jumped out of my bed and stood frozen. I could hear what sounded like chaos in the kitchen, dishes being broken, drawers opening and closing, and what sounded like someone picking up spoons and forks and letting them go into the sink. It was so loud. I could not believe my brother or mom were not up. The house was completely dark, and at this point I thought one of them needed the light to be causing all this chaos. I literally was standing frozen listening to everything happening in the kitchen. I finally snapped out of it and quietly walked over to my door. I thought to myself, I can fling the door open. I'll catch whoever it is right in the act. I could still hear all the chaos happening and even the clicking of our gas stove. I stood by my door and gathered it all in. My courage flung the door open and immediately went around the corner to the kitchen. Nothing. Nothing was out of place. All the drawers were closed. Stove was off. Door was closed. 
I was so completely terrified. I was listening to complete destruction of the kitchen just one second ago, but nothing was out of place. I stood in the kitchen's doorway in disbelief. My heart was pounding, and I can literally say my knees were shaking. I could not even get my eyes to completely focus on one thing. As I stood there, I finally focused my eyes to the back door, and I saw the most terrifying shadow standing by the hinges of the back door. In my mind, this was a real person who broke in and was getting ready to harm us. I reached for the burner from our stove and flung it towards the person, and suddenly it was gone. The burner hit the wall and woke my mom and brother up. They both ran into the kitchen, started asking what had happened. I was completely shaken, wondering how or why they did not just hear all the chaos that was happening. All they heard was the burner hitting the wall. I was in tears and shaking. With that, I was done. I slept with my mom until we moved out. This is just one of the experiences I had in that home. I had a ton of sleepovers and days where I would just hang out with my cousin and friends just to avoid being home. Well, with the whole... It might just be the ghost trying to make you... A late night snack. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's no food waiting for them at the end of the uh, the destruction. It makes me wonder when things like that happen and someone is audibly hearing those things but not seeing it happen. Is it physically happening? And then is it all just back in place when they go around the corner? Or is, is the sound just kind of coming out of a place and reverberating and the person's picking up those sounds without them actually having to, you know, rattle the drawer or anything like that? Nobody will know unless you go out and... I guess, I mean, the only way you could really know if you have like a camera or something in there. Camera, holy water, me with white eyes and a knife. I think if you actually had like a camera or something, this would be interesting. If you could look on like your phone and watch the camera in the room and see that the kitchen has nothing moving in it, but you're hearing all those sounds of the kitchen. Yep, all you would need is camera, me, white, white eyes and a knife. You just said that. I know. I'm repeating. <laughs> I'm repeating. And, and and that would that would solve the problem. That would totally solve the problem. And then ghost is gone. Yep. Well, there's the solution. That's the Harper recipe for getting rid of ghosts. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Next letter says, "Hi, my name is Christy. I live in Scotland." I've been listening to your show for a little while now. I wanted to share two stories I have. I've always been interested in the paranormal and love a good ghost story. However, I don't have any stories to share, but there was this one time many years ago and I was around 10 years old. I can't remember exactly what age I was, but I do remember I was younger than 11 because I remember telling my dad all about it and he passed when I was 11. Anyway, I was in our old house that we grew up in and was in our kitchen. As you walked to the kitchen, straight forward was a window. The unit's uh, or a sink washing machine. Just beside the washing machine is where we kept a basket for dirty clothes. I was looking through the basket. I don't remember for what, but as I was bent over going through the clothes, I had seen behind me walking straight through the kitchen door toward me was two legs. Only the legs from the knees downward. It looked how you would look. Imagine a ghost legs would look. They were white and see-through. I know by the shape of the legs that they belonged to a woman and that they walked very ladylike with one leg in front of the other. I immediately jumped up and spun around really quick and they were gone. I were telling my dad and he just made a joke. Said it was coming to kick me up the bum. We were all convinced that the house was haunted. 
The dogs would also bark at the set of cupboards we had in one of the bedrooms for no reason. My other story that I just can't explain is when I was older, about 18, I think, the house we lived in before got pulled down and we moved into a brand new build. It was just me and my mom who were home and she was asleep on the couch. As you walk in the front door to the left is the stairs and the right is the door to the living room. In through the living room, there's a door on the left into the kitchen. I was in the kitchen and I heard someone come in the front door, run up the stairs, go into the bathroom, which is above the kitchen. I heard them pee and flush the toilet. I poked my head out the kitchen door and looked into the living room door towards the stairs, waiting for whoever came in to come down the stairs, but no one came down. I waited and waited. Nobody came down the stairs. I was confused. I sat on the end of the couch and my mom was asleep and I could see the stairs and waited until someone came home and told them, I went upstairs to check. Nobody was home. There's no other way out as the back door was through the kitchen. Those are my stories. I hope you like them. Thankfully, I don't get a lot of spirits trying to contact me, but those are two stories that definitely happened to me that I can't explain. That is a distinctive sound when you hear the sound of like someone peeing and then flushing. It, it, I mean, flushing, you can sometimes write off as plumbing, acting weird, but the two together really insinuate a person is there. The the part that caught me the most was the ghost legs. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining it, and I'm, um, and I honestly imagine it to be like as he said, but skinny, <laughs> skinny legs. Uh, it would be interesting. To, I, 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 you hear that a lot with the idea of the ghost legs, and that's all you see is just the legs kind of moving by themselves. I, you almost expect it to be a full body. Just to see that, I think, would be very... I think it'd be even almost weirder than seeing a full body. Yeah. A little more troubling. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to our next call. Hi. Let's hear yours. Hi, Tony. Hi, Carol. Yeah, or anyone else that is listening or with you on the podcast today. Um, my name is Heather. I've called previously... Um, when I called previously, I called about my daughter and some of the premonitions she's had in dreams, um, being visited by someone my husband grew up with and knew and how my daughter knows things in the future. But this is kind of a little bit different and I've been thinking about it more recently. Um, and my mother kind of does sort of the, the same thing except she doesn't have someone come to her that she doesn't know in her dreams. She has one someone, someone specific come to her in her dreams that she knows, like a family member that's passed on or moved on. Um, but anyway, I wanted to tell the story of, it's not a story, the incident um, of when my brother passed. Um, we knew he was passing. He was in hospice care. Um, he had a lot of health issues his entire life. So he was very frail very fragile um hospice was there um they had actually asked if they could send out the um the chaplain so we had kind of asked my brother and he had kind of nodded his head yes um which is about all he could do without having seizures i mean he was very 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 ill at this time this this, this was actually the day before he passed he passed much later. Anyway, 
in the wee hours of the morning. So anyway, um, I was sitting next to my brother's bed. Um, so I stood up and I gave the chaplain my chair, which put me closer to the door um, of his uh, bedroom, which had kind of like the suite. It, it had a, um, a bathroom that then went on into a laundry room so he could have some, you know, keep everything as clean as possible um, without having to take everything throughout the entire house because he was a very prideful person and he, anyway. So we are there and the chaplain is praying. I had my head bowed and there were four of us in the room, not including my brother and the chaplain. My brother was laying on the bed my two sisters were there and um, a friend of the family. Um, so my head is bowed and I see something come into the room and my head is bowed. I don't know if, I don't think I saw it. I know this is going to sound crazy. I don't think I saw it with my eyes. I saw it though. I saw it like in, I don't know how to explain it in my mind's eye perhaps. So when I look to the door, because I'm thinking no one should be coming in, there was no one there. But I felt and I saw the presence go behind me. Um, if you ask me to this day, I cannot describe it to you other than extremely profound and present. I mean, it was just so present. And it, it had a purpose. I could feel it had a purpose. It knew where it was going. It went around me. I felt it. I saw it. It came to the left of me and went straight to my brother and almost covered him. And then I didn't see it anymore. And at this point, the, the, there's, the prayer is still going on. And I'm looking around. And I'm, I see kind of um, the chaplain kind of do this thing with his head, like throw his head back. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he's offended because I'm looking around. Yeah, I'm in shock. I'm looking around and he's offended because, you know, I'm looking around while he's saying a prayer. And then I realized, no, his eyes are closed. There's no way he can see me. You know, what? what is he seeing that's making him rear his head back? Um, so he quickly wraps up the prayer and he said something and I'm just kind of in shock. So it's almost inaudible to me. And I said, what was that? And he said, did you see that? And then he said something else. And again, I'm just in shock. And I said, he said, did a bright light, did anyone have a, and my sister later tells me, he said, did anyone have a flash of light or a bright light? And we were like, and she, they all said no. And I'm like, light and I remember saying that it almost had a glow to it but it was it wasn't scary at all it was almost calm and I said to him again what was that and he said that was the blood of Christ just covered your brother's face I saw the blood of Christ covering your brother's face which is where the melanoma and cancer was now, I'm just still taking it back. I can't explain it. I can draw pretty well, you know. I mean, I'm not great, but I can draw. I can't draw this present. Um, I can't really describe it. I know that sounds crazy, um, 
it's just, it was just so profound. And even now I get goosebumps and emotional and I don't tell a lot of people about it, even in my family. So later on, uh, my niece was there and she was in the kitchen, the dining room, excuse me, she was in the dining room and she had her back to where we were. And she told me, she's like, and Heather, I need to tell you something. And she's like, I think I need to tell you because I think you know and are not going to think I'm crazy. And I'm like, okay. And she said, I saw something go into the room. And she said it was bright and it was this big bright light, which she saw it brighter than I did. I saw it more of a, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I, I could not even begin. It was just so peaceful and had such a powerful presence, and you couldn't have stopped it if you wanted it to. And I said, Gracie, where where were you? That's my niece. I said, where were you at? You know, what? How did you see this? Because I'm thinking she was in the vision. And she said, I didn't see it. She said, that's the thing. I saw it like through the back of my head. And I said, excuse me. And she said, like. She said, I've looked it up, and she's like, the mind's eye, she said, I saw it go in there and go around you, and she said, I saw you start to look around, and she said, I just closed my eyes, my physical eyes, and she's like, I just stopped it, because I guess it scared her, because she is, you know, young, and, you know, it was very traumatic losing my brother. He died in the wee hours of that next morning. Um, I do believe it was some angel coming to take him home. I do believe that. Um, he was very peaceful after that. Um, my husband and I had lost a child, my, and so had my sister. Um, hers was stillborn. Ours was miscarriage. And my brother's last words to my sister and I were, you know, he had a son at the time. And, you know, I said, you know, I'll take care of him like I would my own. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Just be peaceful. We love you. You know, we're trying to be comforting and calming. And I said, I will take care of your baby. And he said, and he, at this point, he could not talk. But all of a sudden, he almost had a surge of energy. And they say, you do this. And he said, holding babies. And I said, you're holding babies? And he said, your baby and he looked at Beth or he looked at my sister and then he looked at me and he said holding babies beautiful and I said I'll take care of my you take care of my babies till I get to heaven take care of our babies excuse me till we get to heaven and I will take care of your baby here on earth and he shook his head and just went back to sleep and that's kind of my story. Um, I know it's kind of long. I know it's crazy. Some people may think I'm crazy, but there is something beyond this world. And it was profound and beautiful. And I wish, I wish, I don't know why I was the only one in the room to experience it, but I'm glad I did in a way. Um, you know, and I just want to share my story. And I think about the things that's going on with my daughter and perhaps maybe there's a connection there. Um, I don't know, um, but anyway, I appreciate you guys so much because this is such a great avenue to express feelings and emotions without being judged, and I appreciate you guys so much. You have no idea. Um, thank you, and 
have a blessed day. Thank you for sharing that experience. It kind of sounds like a dream, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But that really is a peaceful story. Yeah, I mean, even if it even if it is a dream and even if it is an experience like that, I still think sometimes these sort of messages and these sort of communications can come through a channel like that. Yeah. It doesn't always, you know, have to be, you know, you're standing in your living room and these, you know, entities appear to you. I think sometimes that is the only way to really kind of get the message um, with something like this. So thank you for sharing that uh, that very personal uh, and profound experience with us. We we greatly appreciate you doing that. And I'm glad we can be an outlet for you to uh, to let that uh, that stuff out and share it without judgment. If you want to share yours, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hey, Tony, Todd, Carol, or Harper. This is Eric calling from Central Illinois again. Um, I'm following up. Uh, about six months ago, I called in regards to some things going on in uh, our new home um, and I thought it might be my mother-in-law and Todd had uh, indicated some of the things going on could be uh, like a ghost dog Um, and I did follow up with the owner of uh, the house who had built the house. Um, His dog did pass away and actually it is buried in the backyard Um, so there could be something there Um, but uh, a couple things uh, that have been going on since uh, I last called in. Uh, most recently, um, a couple weeks ago, in the middle of June, uh, I was out of the shower and drying off, and we have a, a like a stand-up shower in a garden tub, and the light switch is right next to the, the shower. And drying off, and, and the light goes out, and I thought we'd lost power. Um, and then I turned to notice that the light switch was down. I could have possibly hit it. Um, I tried to recreate uh, how I was drying off and, and uh, really couldn't couldn't hit it without noticing that I hit it. Um, about a week before that, uh, I was downstairs going, listening to some uh, uh, recordings from a ghost investigation that I did uh, back in uh, May. And uh, my fiance said that she had heard her name whispered in her ear. Uh, Back in the middle of May, uh, I, I was downstairs in the basement, and uh, I was uh, my back was to kind of this opening uh, uh, to uh, uh, where where you come down the stairs and it, you take a right, and there's kind of a small hallway that opens up into like a, a living space. And my back was to that area, and the I had a sense of somebody standing behind me. And one of the light bulbs was blocked out. I fully expected to see my fiance standing behind me and to have, or to have one of the light bulbs burned out. Cause that's like how it was like blacked out almost. And I turned around, nobody is there. And, uh, the light was still shining. Uh, we've had, couple instances where like the dog cage uh kind of got rattled when the dog wasn't in it um we had uh we had these uh, like metal uh wrought iron kind of uh i don't know things that that hold up the the banister going uh, uh along the floor as you go downstairs uh to the left it's just a long 
you know, the, the, the living space. And, and my fiance said, uh, she asked me if I'd hit the banister, uh, the, the metal, uh, railings as I was going down the stairs. And I said, no, I, I didn't do that. Well, she, she had heard it. Um, and back in March, which was really odd early in the morning, um, I was in the kitchen doing some dishes and I hear a voice go, good morning, girl. And I hear the dog move. And I thought it was odd because one, it was really early in the morning as my fiance was sleeping. I'm like, wow, she's up early. And I, we live in a ranch. And so I go out of the kitchen and look into the dining room where we have the dog crate and the bedroom door is closed. And the sheet that we put over the dog crate was still over the dog crate. So I go into the bedroom and she was sound asleep. So that's uh, kind of an update of what's been going on in our house. Um, as always, love the podcast and I will call back uh, more things happen. Thank you. Friendly ghost dog. Mm-hmm. It is a friendly ghost dog. And its owner. <laughs> you, you'd probably be cool if we had ghost pets someday. I would I would totally be cool. I would love to have a ghost cow. A ghost cow. <laughs> Normally, I think of cats and dogs, but we do have cows as pets. So I wonder how that would work. Like with I've had ghost cats where I felt like the cat jumped up on my bed at night. Or I've heard scratching and things like that. I can't say I've ever had a, a ghost dog experience, but I know a lot of people have. Uh, how, how would the ghost cow work? How would you sense the ghost cow? All you have to do is stick your hand out and I'll, and I'll see the ghost will come right under it. And just eat the food there? What would it be like mysterious moos in the field at just night? Just mysterious moos in the field. And then all you have to do is stick your hand out mm -hmm. if you're out there. Yeah. And you will feel soft fur. It's probably Elsie the cow. Yeah. Well, I think they probably have quite a long lifespan on them, hopefully. So it, it'll be probably quite a while before we have ghost cows. Might even be like till when you have kids that the ghost cows, because uh, cows, they can live. Like, let me see what the lifespan is on a, on a Jersey cow. I love cows. Cows are awesome. If you want to see uh, images and pictures of our... Um, of our cows, follow me on Instagram at Tony Bruski, B R U E S K I. Uh, let's see what the life expectancy is. Cows are cute. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> it's not unusual for a Jersey to live 25 years or more. The oldest Jersey cow is recorded as being 37 years old. So the average is 18 to 22. So Elsie there, uh, who was just born this year, uh, let's say she lived to be 25. You would be 33 when she dies. And that would put me, <laughs> I want to do this math. Uh, let's say she lives 25. I'd be 64. So we could very well have that. And, and she could live to be longer. I oh my God. That cow could, if she lives a little bit longer than that, that cow could be around till I'm in my seventies. Jesus. That's weird. Cow, it can grow older than you. What if we like sometime like don't live on a farm? Can we just like bring it with us to a house somewhere? Or <laughs> I don't want to move. This put, house is great. Put it in a garage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to move. This house is already I, amazing. I don't either. I uh, we're I, not moving. End of story. Okay, but uh, yeah. Well, there you go. You may have a ghost cow sometime. Oh. And I think I think Ivy, the mom, is only like. 
like six or seven. So Ivy, the mom's Karen. So Ivy, Ivy, I could be in my late fifties, early sixties by the time she kicks it. Wow, these cows are going to be around for a while. Oh, <laughs> as we have moments of realizing the life of our cows. But they're all so cute. They're great cows. They're real fun. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person on EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. We greatly appreciate your support. Get all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more with all of that. Again, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or ghostpodcast.com. Until next time for Harper, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.